Hello, my fine friends. Thank you for choosing my podcast to listen to. We're powered by ACAS Plus. You can join uh, ACAS Plus if you want to get lots of bonuses. Google Rahalastapa and ACAS Plus and you'll get right there. There's lots of fun stuff to get. Um, Rahalastapa tour is nearly over. 21st of March, I'm at Bedford Corn Exchange. I'm talking to Olaf Falafel, who's a very funny children's author and stand-up comedian, and Al Murray, the pub landlord and historian man. And a friend of mine, uh, it should be fantastic, who went to Bedford, went to school in Bedford. It should be amazing. There's plenty of tickets left for that one. Uh, Glasgow on the 27th and Hull on the 28th. They're both sold out, but do keep checking the sites for returns. And uh, occasionally we put some comps back on sale, so there may be a chance to buy tickets. The main thing, though, is that I am going to be on tour doing stand-up, and I would love you to come. Uh, it's uh, from... It starts officially in May, but so uh, there's a few tryouts in April and March. So I'm at the Bill Murray. I'm at um, various places, Luton Hat Factory and uh, the Berry Hedge End. I don't even know where that is before going into a big tour where I'm going all over the place. It's selling in various degrees. Glasgow sold out. They've added an extra date. Uh, Chorley sold out, joined the waiting list. Uh, but a lot of the others have plenty of tickets. So... Do go and come to see that. richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour for all those tour dates. richardherring.com slash Rahalastapa for the remaining Rahalastapa dates. And uh, yeah, and then I'm going to take a little break from doing Rahalastapas. It'll be nice. We've got loads in the bank. Uh, so I hope you're enjoying them. I think there's some very high quality ones from this tour. Uh, so do keep listening. Do keep telling your friends. richardherring.com for all your Richard Herring needs. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another Rahalastapa. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, my fan friends. Welcome to another Rahalastapa this week uh, with Lou Conran. Uh, it's the last Rahalastapa to go out in 2020. It's been a fantastic year. I think we can all agree. Uh, I've had a good time. <laughs> That's all that matters, right? Uh, we'll see if 2021 gets any better. I will be continuing self-playing snooker. And Twitch of fun on twitch.tv slash Herring. Please do tune in. It's a lot of fun. Uh, seeing me and working out whether the mental decline is genuine or artifice, I'm not sure. Um, also, currently, if you're listening as this goes out, uh, my emergency questions ebook, emergency questions, one thousand and one conversation savers for every occasion. There's actually another twenty five in there, I think, that as a bonus uh, is only ninety nine p on Kindle, possibly other ebooks as well. I'm not sure, but. Uh, that's until about the 6th or 7th of January. So if you want to get that book for a ridiculous 99p on your device, you can get the Kindle app. You don't even have to have a Kindle. 
Uh, and then you can ask people a thousand and one questions and get your conversations going in 2021 because we've all forgotten how to talk to each other. Please do buy it. I mean, I won't see any money from it, but it'd be nice to get into uh, the charts. Um, and yes, please, if you're with Amazon Prime, do subscribe to my Twitch Amazon Gaming channel. You can do that every month and give me £3.50 for no no cost to yourself. There is an ad explaining how to do that at the start of the page, RK Herring on twitch.tv slash RK Herring. So let's for the last time say fuck you 2020, suck my big motherfucking dick and I wish you a happy 2021 and hope we all survive until the vaccine arrives. Hopefully some lives were held us to in 2021. Looking forward to seeing you all again. Um, thanks for the support through this crazy, crazy year. It's Rahalastaba with Luke Conrad. Hello, please welcome a man who's babysitting his own kids. You're not allowed to call it that. I'm looking after them. If anything goes wrong, we'll be in trouble. It's Richard Herring. Hello. Welcome to Richard Herring's lorry storage twatted podcast i'm here at uh, the lorry park that's failed to be built because it's too rainy uh, that is england summed up right there this is where the, all the lorries in brexit are going to park I've, I've driven out here especially to do the podcast from here you can see it's just behind me i'm sitting on a hill um there's a church there oh you can't see because of that thing in a way there we go oh you can't see because i put the wrong button hold on there we go there that's that's better and there's a church just behind me look at that could there be a better example of what Britain is becoming? This is the last uh, podcast before Brexit in broadcast terms for the podcast. So we're doing a couple more in 2020, but this one will go out on the 30th of December. So Brexit is on the way, my fine friends. But I was hanging around with my family over Christmas and those, the younger ones who survived, <laughs> they call it Rehalistopa, so... And sadly, many, many of them uh, are dead as a result of having Christmas dinner together. Even though we're recording it before Christmas. Oh, it's uh, it's like uh, good night, sweetheart here. So look, um, what's been going on this week? Um, I played this game with my wife. My wife does a podcast called Drunk Women Solving Crime. She's actually doing it tonight, which is why I'm home alone. Uh, she was given this uh, game, which is sort of Drunk Women Solving Crime on in card form. Uh, and I played with one of the drunk women, my wife. Uh, and uh, they were either much too easy or, or too weird. So the, you get a clue and then you have to try and work out, you ask yes or no questions to find out what the crime is. So here's one I just found. Greeted with lead, picture of machine gun, bang. On a very special day, six men died abruptly. It was annoying to my wife because I just got them all immediately. I was just going, that's the St. Valentine's Day massacre. It was. Um, uh, useless evidence because of his large hands, amused, a man accused of a double murder walk free. OJ Simpson, I said, correct. I'm very good. These are meant to be true, like 50 twisted tales from real crime cases. This is the first one that came out. One man delivered vegetables. The other delivered meat. A short, short time later, one of them was dead. I, this was my wife had to get this one. I wouldn't have got this one. Uh, that is the story of Cain and Abel, which I would argue is not a true life mystery, true life murder mystery. I would say that's a fictional one. It also was difficult when she was saying, did it happen in the UK? No. Did it happen in Europe? No. Did it happen in Africa? No. I don't know where it happened because it was just outside Eden. But the one that uh, that most excited me, which is a story you might remember, was a gourmet for the mentally insane. Despite the fragrant garlic and thyme, the main course just wasn't very good. Um, 
this is that story from Germany about the uh, cannibal and the victim who was happy to be eaten. Um, they met online, uh, so the and then they met up so the cannibal cannibal could eat the person who wanted to be cannibalized. It, the internet's wonderful, isn't it? How would they have met in the past? They wouldn't have been able to meet up. They cut off the man's penis, the meal's penis, fried it up in some herbs and garlic, and tried to eat it together as a sort of starter to the to the event. But the penis turned out to be inedible. Uh, then the cannibal killed the guy and ate bits of him and kept the rest of him in the freezer. Got into a bit of trouble down the line. But I couldn't help thinking that's a disappointing last few hours for the guy who died, isn't it? He'd been looking forward to being eaten. But before that happened, enjoying a last meal of his own cock with a new friend. And then embarrassingly, his penis turned out to be inedible. So he's sitting there, presumably in some discomfort, having lost his penis. Maybe regretting his choices, thinking this isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Maybe think, God, I hope this cannibal won't judge me for having an inedible penis. It was already embarrassingly a small portion, but I got a bit nervous when it was about to cut it off. That I'm not, it's not, none of this is going how I hoped. Did he suggest they maybe eat a different part of him together, or was he too upset to suggest that and just wanted to get it over with? Uh, the only thing that could have happened that would have made it worse if the police had turned up at the last minute and saved him, so he didn't even get eaten. But at least, at least he got eaten. That's that's what he wanted. Uh, what else have I got for you? Oh, actually, look, I had a funny picture to go with that. Let's, do you want to have a look at the funny picture for that? Here it is. It's a deep fried penis. Uh, and uh, I'll quickly tell you about my daughter who uh, came in last night. And uh, we've been playing this game together. It's like a Candy Crush game. I've been kind of obsessive about it. And I told her, we play it together sometimes. And I told her I've, I've started paying money sometimes to finish levels because I get bored of them. And then she came. And even though we played a lot, she came and said, Daddy, you're pl- I wasn't playing the game even. I said, Daddy, you're playing that game too much. You're, it's, you're spent, And you've started spending money on it. I think you need to... To delete that game. <laughs> I was admonished by my own daughter for playing video games. And she was. And I said to my wife, did you put her up to this? She didn't. She just came in off her own back and, you need to delete this. This is terrible. And she was right. It is. Look, I'm on level 1215. I am too obsessed with it. That is too much. Um, if you're watching this live, uh, the final uh, Taskmaster is on Thursday. Will I? I'm in the lead at the moment. Will I fuck it up and come second? Or maybe not even second? Uh, or will I cruise to victory. All I'll say is after the show was over, Greg Davis gave me a little head. That's all I'm going to say. That's that's your clue. Uh, and um, we'll find out what happened on Thursday. You, you'll know if you listen to the podcast. You'll also maybe know what happened in the chase, which is I'm on the chase. Did I put a picture of everyone up? I don't think I did. There's a picture. Oh, there's a picture of me on Taskmaster. Um, and uh, uh, yes, the chase is have been moved to Christmas Day at 5 p.m. on ITV. I'm back in the big time. This is it. I'm mainstream. It's going good. So do tune into that or, you know, watch it on ITV. Catch up. You, some people know what's happened. Some people listen to this know what's happened and other people don't. It's how confusing and delightful. Anyway, have a lovely uh, Christmas if you're watching live. Have a lovely uh What's it called? It's the sort of taint, isn't it, of the year between Christmas and New Year that you're enjoying if you're if you're having this live. Uh, if it's come out on today, uh, I should say I, I am drinking beer, so I'm going to be uh, quickly uh, unable to work, think of words. I can't think of the word for being un, un, unable to think of words. That's how bad it's got. Let's introduce my guest. She is probably best known. I'm very excited about this introduction. This is one of the most exciting introductions I've ever given. She's best known for being one of the news team on the show Press Gang, one of my favourite TV shows of all time. I hope she was. Will you please welcome the amazing Lou Conran, ladies and gentlemen. There she is. She's in an Ibis Hotel. 
I am. It's isn't all it? glamour, isn't it? It's and lovely. I've, I've matched my jumper to the curtains <laughs> so that I could just blend in and really, I've really thrown myself into the showbiz lifestyle. And your hair a little bit, the hair, you know, oh, that's, it's yeah, all right. yeah. you could just disappear yeah. into the background. I literally, I literally could look, oh, there you go, yeah, yeah. oh, you watched Press Gang? I loved He's, Press Gang, oh my I God. mean, ridic to a ridiculous amount, yeah. I became obsessed with Julia Sawala for yeah, much of, of my course. life, and then dated Julia Sawala for two years at the end of, at the end of that obsession. Did you? Yeah. How did you bang her? I mean, how did I've I bang got... her every which no. day? <laughs> what I meant was, how did you get to meet she, her? I and cast then... her in a play I was in. It was quite clever. Oh, really? It was a reading of a play and then, uh, and and she, then, and then she uh, she made the moves on me. Careful what you wish for. That's all I'd say. Yeah, how, was, yeah. how, was, um, how was Press Gang? What was, what was your role in Press Gang? What are your um, memories of Press Gang? Let's talk about that for an hour. Okay. Well, my, my role... Uh, in Press Gang was to be the butt of quite a few people's jokes right. unbeknownst to me because uh, it was my favourite programme uh, as a teenager and then I auditioned to be part of the news team yeah and then um, and then during my audition they said why do you like Press Gang and I said I really fancy Dexter Fletcher <laughs> And then I later found out that all of the cast watched all of the audition tapes. <laughs> and then I was then I was recruited as to be a member of the team. And every day, I was very naive at the time, believe it or not. And then every day I'd collect my call sh um my wage slip or my contract sheet or whatever to get it signed off. Because that's how it happened back in the day. Right. Uh, and um, they'd changed my surname from Conran to Fletcher. Ah. Louise Fletcher. And I, I was like, oh, no, you've got my name wrong. And then, and then it wasn't until about a year after oh. that I thought, oh, no, they're all taking the mickey out of me. And then Dexter, or Dex, yeah. um, one day uh, he just came over and said, so when are we going out? Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. And, and so I, you... I went, yeah, I went bright red. So have we both um, banged the leads from Press Gang? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> no, I think, I think your, your mission was successful. Okay. Mine, I was just a sweaty teenager that didn't know whether she was coming or going. Aww. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. And that's your first yeah. job, mm. more or less. It must be your first job. You were, you were into sort of, Acting from an early age, and that you yeah. got, into, got into a show you loved. Oh my god! And the best thing about that, yeah. let me bore you with this. No, I'm not bored. I want to know oh my all god. the background detail. Okay, well, so we filmed it sometimes at Shepperton, and then where else did we film it? Can't remember. But I think it was at Shepperton that this happened. There was one day we went in to have breakfast in the canteen or whatever, and. Um, and uh, we used to all sit together. And then, oh, my God, I was obsessed with Lovejoy at the time <laughs> as well. So I had Press Gang and Lovejoy. And, um, and Lovejoy came and sat at our table. And I can't tell you, I was, I was, I was a creamy teenager. <laughs> then not only did I have Dexter Fletcher on one side, but I had Lovejoy on the other. And, and he had cornflakes with the top of the milk on them and banana you're okay. welcome and uh, and I was thank you and I was so overly excited that I left the breakfast table to go and ring my mum to tell her I was having breakfast with Lovejoy and then when I when I got back to the table um he had gone oh. 
and um and I was like oh my god I can't believe we've just had breakfast with Lovejoy and then somebody don't know who turned around and said Lovejoy that wasn't Lovejoy that was Mel Gibson <laughs> um so I'd left <laughs> I'd left the table <laughs> Because I got excited, it was Lovejoy, and I wanted to tell my mum, but it was it was Mel Gibson. Wow! The, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, they're both sort yeah. of short, sort of hairy men. Mulleted. Mullety, yeah. Yeah. Wow. He, yeah, he was filming Hamlet at the time. Okay. So. <laughs> and were you calling him Lovejoy as you were at the? We no, going, I was just pass me the cornflakes, Lovejoy. No, I no. was just bright red and sweating. That's saying, pretty good. That's not a pretty very good much. celebrity story. Yeah, that's got every, that's got so many subs in it. Some of them who weren't even there. Yeah, but then Lo- Lovejoy's gone on to be a bigger star than the Mel Gibson. Well, at least hasn't had a mental breakdown and no or, become racist, as far as I no, know. Exactly. So you know, maybe it should have been Lovejoy. Maybe, <laughs> maybe in a parallel life, like in sliding doors somewhere, yeah. my sweaty teenage self is sitting with actual uh, Lovejoy somewhere. Yeah. I was obsessed with Tinker, and I went out with him about oh, ten yeah. years later for a couple did, of years. <laughs> did you? Yeah. And how did you bag him? I just him every week. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, very interesting. Have you? Uh, did you hear the story about the man eating the other man's penis on a date and it being inedible and that being quite embarrassing? What's the worst internet date you've ever had, Lou? I imagine you've uh, from list watching your stand up today. I imagine you've had a few dates with internet. Um, yeah, I was going to say though. That when you said about that the penis was really disappointing to eat, of course it is. All penises are really disappointing to eat. You're gonna put that thing in your mouth that's yeah. been in whatever hole. Yeah. Wherever. Well it's made of spongy tissue, isn't it? The guy I read about it on Wikipedia I went afterwards I thought I thought there's a short film in this. I thought mm. but then someone's already done films about it, obviously. But yeah. they he wanted the guy wanted the guy to bite his penis off. That's how he wanted to remove it, but he wasn't oh. able to do it. Oh, no. He wasn't able really, to do it. You've got yeah. really, I mean, we've all watched Up the Jungle, or what's it called? I'm a Celebrity. Yes. And, and trying to chomp your way through a kangaroo's cock is... Yeah. That should give you a clue. I mean, they don't make them bite them off the kangaroo, they do. They kind of <laughs> detach them first. You don't know. You don't know how they get there. You just don't know. I think partly the guy messed up the cooking process as well, so they might have been able to yeah. eat it. But it's like liver, isn't it? Yeah. You could that you. It's a very limited time frame yeah. with liver because you can go from ooh. To... I imagine a penis is mm. more like calamari. I think if you do it right, I would have done it in deep fried in sweet chili sort of flakes would or you? something. Yeah, because mm. I like calamari, but I imagine that's what a penis would be like to actually consume. Mm. Have no, I'm I, I'm going to say it's more like kidneys. Okay. Yeah, like that kind of, you know, when you eat it and it squeaks. Yeah. Sort of that kind of. I haven't eaten a kidney for a long time. That was, mm. you know, that that slightly ages both you and I, I think. Yes, I think it does. In our yeah. youth. Yeah. Steak and liver kidney and pie, kidney. liver yeah, and kidney. Liver, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. We ate a yeah. lot of offal as children, right? Yeah. Which I don't think today's kids do. No. I don't think my kids will ever eat a kidney. Which, which actually I guess is the same, isn't it? Even well, yeah, it's all ground fact. up. Yeah. It's all ground up. It's all arseholes and bollocks, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We've all done it. We've all eaten it. We've all done it, yes. <laughs> We've all bloody done it. But, but you've, dates, you've had yeah. some dating You've had some dating disasters. Yeah, from yeah. The, well, certainly if your stand-up is to be believed. Yeah. But oh, have, you ever done that, have you ever done that blind date, internet dating, which was so it well, wasn't really around when I was dating, really? I haven't. I didn't do the, in, the blind date, internet dating. No. I went on first date. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah, and that 
was um yeah that was it was the in a hotel in france okay and um and they sort of like they grill you like what do you want what do you want what do you want and then basically they more or less tell you what you're getting um so I knew I was going to get a really tall kind of rugby player-ish okay. type bloke. But what I really, what I realised subsequently now is that what I would have preferred was somebody with personality <laughs> <laughs> instead of just girth and size. Yeah. Um, and I went all the way to France and then sat at the bar, got on really well with Merlin, the barman. And um, then this beast of a man walked up the stairs and he hadn't even got in the door. And I went, no. Oh no. No. And then I had to sit and have dinner with this man um who basically told me that the reason to have kids was so that they can look after you in your old age. And, and that was it's the not, only it's reason. It's not worth it's not worth the trade off. No, I, have to, no. I would have been there to tell him. It's not yeah, worth Yeah, no. Well I realise that yeah, if you're getting told off by your own children for playing video games. Um yeah, and then he, he sort of like not that you know, I'm he, I said, oh, how you, how do you like France? And he said, oh, I've never been before. So, okay, fine. And then they said, I had to get a passport for this. So I was like, oh, okay. And his mum still did his washing and everything <laughs> and then blah, blah, blah. So basically, my, my dating wasn't that successful. No. Uh, and then during that date, they said, um, that's gone horrifically. We've run the UK and we're getting somebody else sent over. Oh, my God. So then I stayed the next day and then got food poisoning from the meal I'd had with the beast um, and shat my way around that hotel. <laughs> because I wasn't, I wasn't actually supposed to stay as long as I did. Right. So they kept moving me to different rooms while new people were coming and going. I mean, they kind of expected everyone just to cop off with the first person that no. they saw, though. No, I did see it. I remember seeing a little bit of this. I remember it being feeling. All I remember is feeling quite sorry for you that it was, it was, it wasn't going your way, and you seemed lovely. And I do remember that. I don't remember much more, but I remember thinking that this seems. Um, she seems like a very nice person. <laughs> I didn't know you very well then. No, and, um... well then you were wrong because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cock end. No, I, do you know what? I it, I was exhausted because I was aware there was cameras everywhere. There yeah. were cameras in the in the rooms, in the bedrooms, everywhere. So I was exhausted from having to be nice <laughs> for about four or five days, and I was like really aware. That, oh God, whatever I did. Oh, do I want to stay a bit longer? Yes, I do. So I'd better be really nice about everything. Oh God. What was the impetus to doing that show though? Because this was just, you know, you were on as a civilian, right? This was this wasn't yeah, as yeah. a comedian. This was uh... no. I, I'd applied years ago, right? And then um, it, uh, they rang me. Like I'd had a really awful year. Sure. Um, and then um, and they rang me a couple of months after my anus horribilis. Horribilis? <laughs> my horrible anus. They they rang me <laughs> a few months after my horrible anus. And then, um, and I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll do it. Am I allowed to swear? Sorry. Yes, you are, absolutely. Oh, great. Oh, thank fuck for that. So then... Try not to be racist. That's that's all I'd like. Just try to keep the racist swear words to a minimum. Oh, but I've got my minstrel outfit over there. (laughs) Oh, shit. Um, uh, Yeah, so it was just sort of at the right time, really. And it uh, it was just like the prospect of having a few days in France. So I was like, oh, yeah, all right, then I'll go. So I didn't have any intention and sort of 
actually finding anyone. I just thought it would be a right laugh. Yeah, I think that's the way to go into it. Yeah, yeah. But the people there were so serious about it. Like, oh my God, they were like, if I don't find somebody, I'm going to be really... And I thought, it's a fucking programme. You're on holiday. (laughs) Look, they're giving you the money. You meet Fred. He's nice. Have a free gin. Fucking hell, get on with it. (laughs) Oh, well, it's not the best way to find a life. I wouldn't imagine there are many... uh long-term successes from first dates maybe there are yeah a few shags i reckon have come yeah. out yeah oh, there were yeah i could they were in the room next to me i could <laughs> hear the bastards banging away i was like you know it was taking ages and you think fucking hell am i gonna have to go in and finish that off <laughs> <laughs> lovely hotel though very romantic good it was me and tinker next door that's what was going on there. So, um... <laughs> chomping on your cock <laughs> <laughs> could be worse, couldn't it? See, it could be, however bad yeah. your date's gone, it wasn't yeah. as bad as that date. Well, no, no. you know, he, he sort of got what he wanted, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Right. Look, part of the reason I was—I'd been meaning to get you on for a long time, but we—I was discussing ghosts on Twitter, and Emma Kennedy brought your name up as in regards to ghosts. So I'll ask you a, a, an emergency question that I ask a lot of people, and I think I'm going to get a yes out of this one. Have you ever seen a ghost? Yes. Conran. Oh my goodness, you've frozen. Oh, Are you still am there? I frozen? It's wow, the ghost. Wow, that's terrifying. It's the ghost. We've lost her. Can you hear me? She's turned into a ghost. Oh, no. I knew this was good. I said it never goes wrong, and it's fucking gone wrong. I said to me before, it never goes wrong. That is that is spooky, though, isn't it? Is Chris Evans there? Oh, look, it's just me now. I've turned, I've, I've turned into a ghost. What? Chris Evans is on the case again. I think Chris Evans deliberately sabotages these things. It's like Munchausen syndrome, so that he can then step in and save the day. Look what's happened to me! Very exciting, isn't it? Let's see what let's see what um, let's see what transpires. I'll try some more of these out on you at home. See if you can get them. See if let's see if we can get them. A man adorned himself with borrowed plumage and spent the rest of his life in the loony bin. Extreme makeover. There's the picture. Do you know what crime this is? No, they're not all guessable. Oh, I could, could have got this one, actually. Some of them are a bit sick. That's Ed Gein, the serial killer. Um, mysterious monster. I've got this one straight away. Although the murderer told the police his name, he was never caught. Come on, that's too easy, isn't it? That, they're, meant to, they're meant to be going so that, you know, you can get a good questions, yes and no questions going. But, um, oh, my goodness. I'm here. Oh, I'm here. You're here, but I'm you're here. just a funny face of you pulling a funny face. That was good. It that was a very ghost. spooky moment for that to happen. Yeah. And, you know, I said to you before, and it never goes wrong. And for it to go, this is this house. So this is yeah. why I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. Have you, this house is haunted and yeah. the ghosts don't like me. And they did that on purpose because they knew that would be fucking excellent. Yeah. What are the chances? Literally, I've never said to one, it's never gone wrong before. And I knew the minute I said that, I knew it's going to go wrong. Have you yeah. ever seen a ghost, Lou? Yeah. You should have frozen again then. That would have been good if you just... Yeah. <laughs> if I'd have started levitating, that would have been amazing. You've seen, you have seen ghosts. Well, um, I had a man get into bed with me once. Okay. Uh, which, I mean, back in the day, it wasn't really that unusual, Richard. But uh, I he, I was sort of like was a, sort of awake, but not really awake. And I rolled over and this man pulled the duvet up and he went, shh. It's a bit creepy. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Ugh. and then sort of like, it was like, what the fuck was that? And then I looked again and he wasn't there. He was gone. Wow. 
Well, yeah. that's what I. But you see, it happens when people are sleeping a lot, right? That's what this. And this happened to me. No, this is not where this came from. The other day, I was asleep, and then my I thought my son was shouting, and my wife went no, and and I thought, and then I looked looked across, and I saw my son walk into the room, and then he sort of stood in the uh, stood facing not quite the corner, but not looking at me, and I said, Ernie, Ernie, it was completely one hundred percent looked real. And then I reached across him, and he and he wasn't there. But he, and then I had to go and check he was still alive and hadn't just passed over to the other right. side. Okay. He's fine, but <laughs> it was it was like a hundred percent real. But it but yeah. it, I was obviously asleep, Blue. I would say. Nah, you see, you say that I have had <laughs> things happen during like while I've been fully awake. Right. I lived in a flat once where plates would go across the kitchen. Yeah, okay, I, I lived on my cool. own. Yeah. I lived on my own, so it wasn't it wasn't. The neighbours breaking in and chucking my crockery. Um, although, was it? <laughs> we There's just don't. A rational explanation. Yeah, you have to think logically about yeah. these things. Could be a kind oh. of magnet. There could be a bit of metal in the middle of each plate, and it could have been yeah. a magnet turned on and off. Yeah, or a mouse walls. on yeah. my draining board. <laughs> it could have been that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we've also in this house have experienced. Well, we had a very weird, turbulent time for the first six or seven months. Where everything was going wrong, but it was I, it was down to bad builders. I think our boiler kept breaking down. Uh, we nearly got carbon monoxide poisoned. And me and my wife it, together heard a baby crying, and it wasn't our baby. Um, right. And uh, and then I tweeted about that when I was when Emma brought you into the conversation. And then someone who lived in my village tweeted me and said, oh, the people who used to live next door to you, when they had a child, they experienced that as well. So it hasn't happened since we haven't had a baby, but it was never our, you know, we recognised our own baby and he was always asleep. When you go in, he would always be asleep. But both of us heard the crying. So Emma told me you should come to my house. And so I yeah. guess you've got some experience of, of ghost hunting. Oh, I've got the tarot oh, cards oh, here, oh Richard. That okay. Oh, yeah, me, me and my mum, there's a college, now then, you'll probably think I'm bonkers now. I do think you're bonkers. I'll yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I'll just uh, say that now. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But I'm open-minded, uh, so I'm open-minded. Well, you're open-minded that I'm bonkers, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, there's a college in um, uh, Stansted, uh, Mount Fitchett. Stansted, Mount Fitchett. And it's a college for people to go and learn how to be weirdos. And uh, it's like Hogwarts, but for adults. Okay. And it's it's... It runs all year round, every year, and you can just go and meet people that are uh, bonkers, or people that have had genuine sort of experiences of these sort of things, and yeah. it's fascinating. I've sat in a séance. Yeah. I've sat in a séance. I've heard Judy Garland sing at me. I mean, you know, I mean, you're laughing, Richard, looking at me. Why thinking, would she come oh. down to your seance, Judy Garland? She'd have better things to do in heaven than come and sing for you. And Because why wouldn't she want to be near Stansted Airport? <laughs> why wouldn't she, Why wouldn't she want to be there? Because, okay. you know, I'm sure it's got some nice bits around Stansted. Okay. You just, you know, you just don't know, do you? So if I'm I show you my attic, will you be able to see if the ghost... Oh, here we go. This is how he gets the <laughs> freaking I, penis chomped on. I'll show, you, show you my attic. And you eat yeah. this calamari I've prepared for you. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry about me wincing in pain, yeah. having blood all over my crotch. I'll only eat it if there's chilli on it. I'll, I'll just right, get rid of, um, of this lorry part for a sec. Hold on. Still... <gasps> oh, the mystery's there's, gone. There's my attic. Can you see anything? It's a bit dark, hard to see, isn't it? Shall I turn the light on? Yeah. Oh, nice bottom. There we go. Oh, we didn't hear that because he's gone. Thank God for that. 
Uh, there must be. Oh, the lights just flashed on and off. Ooh. There you go. Uh, Can you see any ghosts? Yeah. Those are light bulbs. They look like they're orbs, but they're just light bulbs. Just yeah, light. they do look like orbs. That's a snooker yeah. board there as well. That's not a ghost. Oh, well, somebody's definitely died on that. Um, <laughs> And what I'd what I'd suggest is those beams are ripe for hanging. Right, they are. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, and you've probably got an old lady in there, uh, at least an old lady, probably okay. in Victorian clothing or something. <laughs> and um, and do you often smell weird smells in your house? Um, well, only the ones that I've produced myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that what I don't suggest? really don't. Maybe we've had smells. It's more sounds um, and. Yeah, it's, it you know it felt it did feel like when we first moved in here it felt like the house didn't really like us to begin with yeah. but I think they've accepted us now. My son, but who's three, uh, there's a he's obsessed with there's a door that's been blocked up that used to run between his room and our room so it's because it's an old house. Mm. All that they used to have inter they used to have doors that ran between each room so you could go between each room and he's obsessed with this door. And and bad people coming in and out of it and stuff oh. like that and ghosts come, but he's obsessed with ghosts. So he what? says he sees ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a prime age. Yeah, prime age. Um, do you get little cold patches in your house? Not. I mean, it's quite cold anyway in this yeah. house, so it's quite hard. You to really talk. want to poo-poo this? I don't. don't I'm, I'm being honest with you. I'm, being, I'm actually very <laughs> open-minded. I don't think there are cold patches. Um, it. You know, it's weird that other people, and as I, saw, I was telling you beforehand, it used to be a hospital yeah. for the village. Uh, and so, and that, but that's more next door. So it was next door who said they also, next door's, the people who lived there before the people who lived there now apparently said they used to hear a crying baby as well. Oh. Yeah. I mean, oh. that's not a nice, that's not a, that's not no. a great ghost to have, is it? No, but have you, have you bashed down the door? What in between the? No, it goes because it goes into our wardrobe now. So there's no, we wouldn't need to. But uh, oh, yeah. maybe it's Narnia. Oh my <laughs> god! Be, yeah. yeah, what are you doing, Mister Tomness? Is probably there. Maybe we'll have a look. We'll we'll take it down at some point. What you think there might be a skeleton behind the door? Yeah, yeah. there might be all sorts of yeah. shrapnel and like like kind of like gifts left. From the I mean, there's bed. definitely stuff. There. We took a door down, and there was there wasn't stuff in it. But there was, you know, there were lots. We put it back up again, but there were lots of really old, oldy worldy nails, and so mm. the, you know, a lot of we got a. It was from 1702 originally. Oh, says. fascinating! So uh, there's a lot of oldy worldy stuff. I'm in there. definitely coming to uh, <laughs> get pissed with your wife. You, you can come round anytime. And you want. Um, and sniff out your ghost. You can have a I, look. I um I did a comedian's um ghost hunt in a house in Pontefract. Okay. The 30 Privet Drive. They made a film about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, have you, are you aware of this? I saw it well, through Christina Martin, who's also oh, a good, yes. good friend of my wife. She's, yes. she's done these things a lot. Yes, I went with her. Right. Yeah. Absolutely fuck all happened. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but it was fascinating. And I had, um, uh, I'm doing my own little podcast, Richard. Yes. You're welcome to join. <laughs> and uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had um, Yvette Fielding from Most Haunted oh, as excellent. a guest on there. Uh, and she's been to 30 Privet Drive as okay. well. And she had a lot more happen while she was on there. But, you know, <laughs> we didn't have knives coming out of our sofa. We just had Chinese takeaway and a few cans of beer. Okay. So if there are ghosts in my house, are you able to make them go away or will they? Will Do you I want them to, to go away? Well, they're all right at the moment. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like if the baby's unhappy. I'd like the baby to, you know, be find its mum or something. But yeah, I mean, I can come round and sort that out okay. for you. Good. Yeah, yeah. What you what you could do is get your wife to just walk around with a tit out. Okay. And like with the offer of breastfeeding, yeah. that's what you could do. I would. I'll suggest that. Yeah, see how that That's goes. Eh? <laughs> I'll say Luke Conrad told me that that will work. Uh, she's just yeah. texted me actually. She's about to. She's already done one of her shows. She's about doing well, next show. Drunken solving crime. If you're not enjoying this, I think it's live online. You can go and live. Watch <laughs> Drunk turn and over. It's how rude! As, it's Hang not on. as good as me doing. I was doing these cards when you weren't here. It was yeah. Jack the Ripper that one. If you didn't, get oh, was that it? One, I was say Jack All right, I'm going to do your cards now. Okay. Hang on. Oh, I had to... I had my tarot cards read uh, for Taskmaster as a thing that is out of character. Oh my god, is that just? I come... did. That's literally just come up, and I did not put that there, Richard. You saw me shuffling them. <laughs> it's the end of the world as we know it. Sorry about that. R.I.P. Okay, I've had a good time. I've had a good. Night. Yeah, you have. Uh, who are you leaving your house to? Because <laughs> I'd really love to <laughs> live in a house like that. Okay. I there we probably, go. Unless me and my wife go together, I think probably she'll get it. Oh, I mean, you know, okay. that's why she's married, me, isn't it? That's why she's married. Oh, me. of get course, that, clearly. Get the house, get the yeah, house. clearly, clearly, clearly. <laughs> yeah. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Peroni a beer. Lovely. So I've Lovely. got back onto drink. I stopped drinking. Uh, I've stopped drinking a few times. I didn't drink in November, and then I've started drinking. The problem is, if I drink, I just drink every day, but only a little bit. But then I stopped drinking. I've been pissed every day of lockdown. Have you? Yeah. 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 That's what we did. I stopped all last year. I didn't drink all last year. I've given up eating chocolate, which I've done pretty well for two years. Don't had occasional mini, mini, mini bits of chocolate. But I gave up 13 months, and then lockdown, I pretty much drank all through lockdown. May I ask why you gave up the chocolate? Because um, I just eat so much of it that uh, I can't stop eating. 
And so it's more like cabaret. I can still eat things. I have a dark chocolate the other day. That's fine. If it's, you know, if it's sprinkled in something, I'll eat that. I've had a very occasional bits and pieces. But if I go back to cabaret, I think I will just, and it's around the house all the time because the kids obviously have it all the time. So yeah. I just would eat a whole pack of giant butt, chocolate buttons that are for, like are for crack, the kids. though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not much... enjoyable either. So I just no. I'm glad I've stopped that, but I've replaced yeah. it with ice cream, so it hasn't really worked. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe you need to eat so much that you become lactose intolerant. Okay. Try that. I'll try, I'll try that. I'll try yeah, that. Yeah, see that, how it that goes. Could that could work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm back. I'll probably give up drinking in January again. Then we'll see how that goes. Yeah. <gasps> uh, well, good luck with that, eh? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What else can I talk to you about? There's a, there's a lot to, of stuff in there. You got what? I mean, there's well. Let's talk. To you the moment you've been working uh, in warm up for TV. That's why you're in Elstree. Street. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But you've done that for quite a lot of shows. It's quite a difficult job. But the one I was most interested in you talking about was being the warm up for Countdown. Oh my which god! I imagine is quite a difficult job and quite an interesting job. Um, I don't want to be rude about it. Because... No, don't be rude about it because they might because... employ you again. Well, um, <laughs> I don't want to be rude about Countdown because it's a cult, isn't yeah. it? And, and, I love the show. And it's amazing. And you first go in the studio and you're like, oh, my God, it's the thingy, it's the board. And, the, and then there's, like, men behind it winding the conundrum round. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and like, you don't realise that it's actually so, still the same set, that they just turn round. Oh, wow. Um, and um, I've stolen a few of the letters. Uh, they're they're in you? my they're in my house now. Um, you probably ruined the game because of that. I have. Going, why aren't there any eight e's in here? Someone's taking all the e's out. Where's the c and the u and the n and the Where's the, where have they gone? Um, but it's it's an interesting job because with warm up, um, you'll have witnessed it yourself. I don't think you've ever lowered yourself to do the warm up. I haven't it. ever done it. I would have done it, but I never got. I never was off. Yeah, I wouldn't do it now. I have to say. No, it's, it's quite no. <laughs> It's, it's quite, a hard job. It is. It's really hard. But with Countdown, the, the, the audience have been going for about 25 years. <laughs> and that's not a joke. They all have their allocated seats where they sit. They book a hotel for each block. They bring their bag of snacks. They've got their pads. And they, they've been there since the Richard Whiteley years. And right. there's most of the audience are made up of previous contestants. And so I can't normally do my warm-up stuff and talk about tits and fannies and eating knobs and calamari chilli balls or whatever. Um, so I just have to... Um, it's like social services. You kind of just have to chat to them. Oh, how are you doing? And then as they come in, I think, oh, blimey, she's still alive. And then um, it's, 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 it's fascinating. But the, the, it's... For me, who can't even add two and two, and all I ever do is out of the letters, I try to make up rude words. Yeah. I, I just say, I am sitting in this audience with very intelligent people. What the fuck am I doing here? If they were that intelligent, they wouldn't spend all their time sitting in the audience of Countdown, would they? They're not that intelligent. They're a very special and unique crowd. <laughs> they are. Richard. And I'm, they... I'm very much one of those type of people. So I'm allowed to say mm. it. I would very yeah. happily go and sit in the audience of Countdown. And go well, you sh- can, if we're allowed back, you can come with me and okay. I'll even steal you a mug. How's okay, that's that? very good. That would be lovely. Uh, yeah. Be very good. Um, you do like stealing stuff. Again, I don't know how much of your stand-up is reality, but yeah. you, you've had a lot of temp jobs. And oh you've been God. in trouble for stealing from, well, you you 
got away with stealing a lot of stuff, which I think everyone does to an extent. Yep. But is it true you were sacked for for stealing large items that were too large, or were you exaggerating for comedic effect? <clears throat> okay, so I I've had a lot of temping jobs, <laughs> and um, I have just admitted to stealing letters from Countdown. So that's uh, <laughs> so this is uh, yeah. I used to work at the BBC. Yeah. Um and um, well, uh, I before I left one of my roles at the BBC, I ordered myself two hundred and eighty pounds worth of stationery <laughs> and had it sent to my house. Um, because I figured I'd paid for it because it I pay my license fee. Yeah, that's true. So we can all do that then. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what else have I stolen? <gasps> I used to work at Harper Collins, um, and I used to send myself all of the books. Because, you know, oh, I'm yeah. just going to the, the post room. I just post myself some books. What else have I stolen? And then you sold I, the books on, you sold the books or gave them away. What do you do? Do you sell the books for profit? No. Well, I kept the books, the books yeah. and pretended that I was well read. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, when I, I've moved, I move house quite a lot because um, I. Um, I'm restless. Okay. So, uh, and you can't really, you can't really chuck the books, keep moving books around. So I gave a lot of books to charity. Oh, that's okay. That's nice. That I'd stolen. Yeah. <laughs> and, and some of them had got original signatures in, which okay. I sort of regret afterwards. But you know, fine. Yeah. What's a what's a signed book in a charity <laughs> shop between thieves? What else have I stolen? I've stolen. Um, oh. The thing is, you see, when I get drunk, I like I steal makeup from other other women. Okay. Which has led to many, 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 many awkward moments. Okay. Yeah. What you like? Borrow it, or you literally pocket? I just it? literally, I just see like there was one incident in a hotel divan in Brighton, and I can't give you all of the details for that because it's horrific. But let, needless to say. Um, the woman's husband saw me steal her lipstick, and he got his calamari out. Um, and uh, yeah, I just decide that oh, oh, that's a really nice colour. I love that. And I don't, I, I don't, I've never stolen from a shop or anything. I, yeah. I just decided. You should try it. I've stolen from shops. It's great fun. Oh really? What have you stolen? Yeah, I used to steal a lot. I stole. I. I um... When my in my twenties, I shoplifted quite a lot of things. That sometimes I stole a hairdryer. Didn't really ever use a hairdryer. Just thought I was interested to see if I could do it. I stole a lot of deodorant and printer. Some some things were for work. So I used to steal printer ribbons because I couldn't afford them. Um, and uh, but I just quite got into the thing. I, we had a routine about stealing Kinder eggs, but I think I generally used to steal Kinder eggs just to see. If, it was the thrill of getting. I've never been caught. And there's no way the Rosses can can nab me because I'm too. The Rosses. I'm like Jack, I'm like Jack the Ripper. I, I confess to my crimes, oh. but how will they find out that I've done them? They'll never know. Well, and still to this to day, them? I still take pick and mix from. I take one pick and mix from every pick and mix I go by. And yeah. if I'm getting very bad service or something, mm. I feel something's very overly expensive. Mm. I will sometimes. It's a risk, don't it? Because you know, that's your life down the toilet if you get caught. Yeah. So you, you've stolen pick and mix that other people and small children have probably fingered. Yeah, that's okay. Not bothered that, about that's that. What I, I, that's what I like about it. I used to work in a garden centre and I um, was highly allergic to food colourings and food additives when I was younger. 
And I, uh, there was one incident when I worked at Jardinery Garden Centre, Studley Green, Buckinghamshire. Thank nice. you. Um, and I stole a lot of the pick and mix and I came up um, on some cola cues <laughs> and uh, laughed at a woman that was paying for her John Innes number three. That's soil. Uh, and because she had blue hair, which, you know, the irony of that now is. Yeah. Anyway. And um, I, my manager and my friend had to lift me by the elbows and lock me in the staff room because, while I came down. And it was. Wow. Yeah, that was. Um, that was That's a great quite extreme. Day. I guess pick and mix, you know, it's one of the victims of COVID, isn't it? It's one of the many and audience warm up. These we're both yep. we're both struggling. So pick and yep. mix thieves, they're struggling. How yep. where they're gonna get their sweets. And pick and yep, mix exactly. sellers can't sell those anymore. That's no good. No. Um, no. But yeah. But you, you make that comment about the warm up. But today, Richard, as I mentioned to you before we uh, went live with this, I was warming up uh, a studio with no audience. <laughs> so for a Gordon Ramsay new uh, quiz show. Yeah. And I was there specifically to entertain the crew. And yeah. as we know, the crew don't give a shit, do they? <laughs> the, the crew would rather you weren't there. The crew would rather you just shut up and let's get on with the job. <laughs> and it's getting sort of, if you're employed to, you know, entertain your co-workers, sort of getting a bit close to being... Uh, you know, I want to say I don't want to say strippogram because it's not it quite strippogram, but it nearly it's, is. Yeah, it's sort of the, it's... the ones who come and do jokes and songs for people. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's that's, oh, it's mucky, isn't it? It's, it's like slightly hum- humiliating because it's yeah, it being is. paid yeah. by. Do you want to come to the office and we'll pay you to just mess around, tell some jokes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It, it's a bit. You are a bit like an escort, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're just sort of sucking a bag of dicks, but in a in a not in a literal term because yeah. that would that would be horrific. But yeah, so that was that was weird. And then they said, "Oh, um, would you like to come back?" No, <laughs> no, thanks. And I'm le- as soon as we finish here. Yeah. Bye bye, manky curtains. Bye bye, oh. hotel I- ibis. I'm fucking off. Yeah. That's what fair I'm doing. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. No, I don't need that. I do need the money, Richard, but I don't need it that much. So, well, you get you know. paid for doing this, Lou. I didn't tell you that. I don't think. Oh, do get, I? Yeah, you're going to get some money oh, for this. Oh, so. goodness me! Well, I mean, I'll not, suck a few more bags of dicks then. Not, it's not loads, but you know, it's better than a kick in the teeth. Oh, it um, really is. Oh, happy days. Yeah, Thank so you. you oh, that's that's good. But oh, do you know? I'll take that death card back. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take it back, and I'll I'll find you a better one. There okay. we go. Um, I know that's how tarot cards work. You can't just. No, but well, Check, they... choose the ones you want to give me. Yeah, I can't. Oh, there you go. There's, there's one for you. You're the star. Oh, there we wow. Are. That's there good. we go. That's, okay. that's more like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Look, what else? I'm going to ask you some emergency questions. I'll ask you some Christmas emergency questions. Because yep. it's Christmas. Yeah. Um, uh, hmm, let's see what I've got. What? When do you imagine was the last time that Santa had sex? With who or what? Do you think he could get it up after all the booze? What a, a rude, uh, impersonant question. Do you think okay. Santa's had sex recently? Yes. I can tell you when that was. Okay. Uh, because when I was uh, about four or five, I walked in on Santa having sex with my mum. <laughs> so I don't know whether that was the last time he had sex, yeah, but I, no child needs to witness that, do they? <laughs> after you've... Been woken up while Santa's just put the present. I don't know about you, but we used to have presents on the end of our bed on Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Santa very kindly bought those presents, <laughs> which actually was a Bunty annual. Thank you. Okay. Um, Nicholas was Blue Peter, Nicholas, my sister. And then I was sort of wandered off thinking, oh, where's Santa gone? Wandered into my mum and dad's bedroom and witnessed Santa giving my mother a good <laughs> seeing to. Emptying his sacks all over the place, Richard. Wow. And no child needs to see that. Thank well, you. Well, you know, I agree you shouldn't have seen it. And I don't think Santa wanted you to see it. But I think that's got to be one of the perks of the job. With consenting mums, you go yeah. into a lot of houses. Every now and again, there's going to be a mum who wants a little yeah, bit of that. Probably. So yeah, that's, probably. I, don't, I think he's got a... He puts a lot of work in. He and really this was does. the old days when it was that was allowed on the in the workplace. It's not, it wouldn't be allowed now. But in those days, <laughs> no. in the workplace... Yeah, I'd just like to think that he, as he went round, there was just women laying on beds, just eating mince pies and letting him get on with it and pulling their nighty down when they'd finished. <laughs> I just sort of, you know, it's that kind of 1970s, oh, I'll just eat this, you get on with that and off you go. Oh, I, th- I find it, assuming it was your dad, I don't want to break the magical illusion. He's still quite charming, but but that was <laughs> that was enough to get your mum going. Oh, anything would have, anything yeah. would have, yeah. That's the nice. apple doesn't fall far from the tree, Richard. <laughs> I've got my passion from somewhere. It's a beautiful story. Thank you. Um, good. Um, oh, this, I, I mean, I, this is just, I'm interested. I don't enjoy yeah. New Year's Eve, so I'll ask you this. Do you actually enjoy New Year's Eve? Isn't it just too close to Christmas? Would, would you prefer to put the new, it'd be better if New Year happened in July, I think, just to space yeah. them out a bit. Yeah, I, I've never really been that bothered about New Year's Eve. It's a, thing for me it, yeah. uh, sometimes I have been known to try to go to bed early yeah, so, so that well, it's I've just over and done with yeah. do you ever work do you ever do gigs on New Year's Eve yes I have done yeah um it's quite hard gigging in December at all mm, right that I, I sort of yeah. stopped gigging in December if I could help it yeah I'm doing is, one tomorrow I have to say oh uh, well but I'm doing yeah. a charity gig tomorrow but it's so it should be okay hopefully but you see there even though it's charity yeah because they go, oh, it's charity. They are even worse. They're, they're more assholes. Oh, we're worthy. It's for charity. Is it? Are you worthy? Or are you just a bunch of cock ends? Calamari, I'll call them now. No, yeah. I, New Year's, uh, I've worked at New Year's quite a nice evening. Yeah. People are worn out. They just, you know, they've got away from their in-laws or their parents. And they just think, oh, God, I can breathe and have a bit of a giggle. And that's yeah. it, isn't it? That's good. And they, yeah. they get you get paid well, right, for those yeah, gigs usually when yeah. they're when they're they're able to happen. Yeah. What was it that because um, obviously you start out as an actor, and what was it that made you make the move over into attempting stand up and then becoming a stand up? Well, what it was, um, I had written um, a little sitcomy thing with a friend. And uh, we'd, I moved up to Manchester from uh, the old Buckinghamshire to okay. move in with her. So because we got it sort of got picked up by somebody. So we were like, all right. So I moved up to move in with her to write this sitcom thing. Um, and it got so far. Um, and then there was, I don't know whether it's still there, but in Manchester, there's, there was a club called the Circle Club, which was sort of an actory wankers joint. Um, and... While we were there, um, Becky, the woman I was writing this thing with, decided to tell me she didn't want to do it anymore and that she was going to move to Brighton. Right. And while she told me that, this stand-up comedy night sort of evolved around me. And I took that as a sign (laughs) to knock the acting and the writing on the head and just do stand-up comedy. And I stayed and watched it and I thought, 
that's fucking awful. I can do better than that. And that's kind of how it started, really. Right. So, yeah. Because it's, I mean, I suppose the autonomy of stand up is appealing, right? If you want it, if you've got that desire to perform, it is. A lot of actors sort of feel they could. I mean, the actors when I act in something, the actors go, "Oh, I could never do stand up. It's too, it's too much." Whereas they're able to do acting, which is sort of the, the same thing. And you know, I guess you've got the script given to you and everything. But you ha- as a stand up, you have that autonomy to make your own work, and you can always yeah. work. Whereas if you're an actor, you're you're at the, the behest of other people, I suppose, a bit more. Yeah, and and when you're a, an actor, you you're a wanker, <laughs> aren't you? When I was at drama school, it was just like, but oh God, what's my motivation? I'll tell you what your motivation is: paying your rent. That's your motivation, isn't it? That surely that's what it is. I couldn't take it seriously, and that was part of the problem for me at drama school. It kind of it sucked out my love of uh, dressing up and performing. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. then doing comedy was like, oh, I can just be a twat whenever I want, really, kind of. I think it's it, acting's a really interesting. I think really good actors, you do see the difference between a really good actor and someone who's you know like me who isn't all that good but can get away with it. But uh, but also yeah. like, I think actors are often not that interesting in re- you know because there's a lot of sitting around. There's a lot of you know it's sort of quite a boring job, and you've got to be able to to cope with that sort of boredom. And unless you're the main part in everything, you, you're sitting around for most of the day doing nothing. So that's pretty. Boring. So I think I think like if you've got the personality and the, you know, the ability to create your own stuff, I think it's gonna mm. gonna sometimes feel a little bit limited. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think that <laughs> the drama school that I went to was the Oxford School of Speech and Drama. Okay. And and when I went there, it was just a barn in a field, and all you had to do was lay on the floor and blow other people's pubes out the way. That was basically <laughs> it. And then I think we it, it was based on Stanislavski and. Uh, the I mean, this is how bad it was. The week that we did the method, the week, um, I fucked off on a booze cruise to Brittany, uh, and then <laughs> and so I missed all the lessons on how to find your motivation. Okay, well that's probably what went mm. wrong. Although you could have said I was playing an alcoholic character, and that's so why I had to go on the booze cruise to in order to yeah. find the truth. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you how they made us find our truth that we. Uh, they made us do a play called Playing for Time by Arthur Miller, which was um, set in Auschwitz. Okay. So that was um, that was fun. Okay. And is it true, again, this is from your stand-up show, which is available on Next Up Comedy. I watched it uh, today. Next oh, Up Comedy is... Oh, you poor thing. Why did you do that? Because I research my Oh, guests. you. There's only one of your shows there. I've No, I have a proper look. I've looked at lots of your stuff. And um, it's very funny and it's a very interesting show. And there's... Uh, it's Dr. Um, Darren. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But there, there's preconception. Oh, why is she being so mean about this guy? And then, you know, I don't want to spoil it. But it's... Yeah. You, it's, yeah. You, you learn something. There's a, oh. there's a learning process. But it's an interesting process. But... You talk about doing, I think this is in this show, you talk about being in the worst show of the Fringe. Is that, <gasps> was that true? Yeah, yeah. I've so got that was re- an acting job. That was the thing that yeah. made you give up acting, you claim. Yeah, that was the, <laughs> um, that was just the, the icing on the cake with regards to what the fuck am I doing. It was called Chaucer in the Sky with Diamonds. Um, and I played a paedophile fisherman. Yeah, I usually get those parts, so I'm annoyed <laughs> that you that you've got one of my parts. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, and um, and what did I? Yeah, and it, it it was just 
awful, but it's Edinburgh, and it was back in the day when Edinburgh was brilliant. Yeah. And it was just, you just went because you knew you were going to get twat-faced every day and you were going to just get up to no good and just have a brilliant time, and then you might have done a bit of work, you know. <laughs> um, and then we... Yeah, we we just got this review that, and it was we were nominated by the Observer as the worst show on no, the fringe. That's just mean, and it can't possibly be true. They haven't. Oh, seen it was they? true. It was fucking horrific. I can't it get past the title and mm. what it, what that it doesn't really no work the, as a pun. No, the the guy that wrote was it Chaucer on LSD or was it? Yeah. That, it was set in a train station. Okay. And Ch- Chaucer's stories came by in different trains. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That's not re- That should be Chaucer on some trains coming through a yeah. train station. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the quote from the review was something, I can't remember it. What was it like? Something like, whatever Terry Waite felt when he was released from captivity was nothing like the rush of exaltation we felt when we left this interminable oh. crud. Ah, oh. but yeah. you know, it's part of what Edinburgh is about. Is, yeah. is heavy-handed, poorly yeah. conceived. I mean, I've written four or five plays for Edinburgh, and they've not all been fantastic. They've been pretty good, uh, but uh, <laughs> but you know, I've definitely seen some. Some productions from people who've got on to be successful writers that you kind of go, even at the time again, this is. Yeah. There was a, a production I went to see because I fancied one of the actors in it. And, well, of course uh, you did, because you're and, led um, by your calamari, Richard. You are. And it was, it, was very, it was a very heavy-handed and, I would say, offensive portrayal of rape. Oh, uh, but, lovely. You know, uh, but, uh, you know, got a snog out of it, so it was worth <laughs> it in the end. So, she, was like, she, was, well. she was nice. She was nice. Well, was it Julia Swali Alia? Well, it wasn't Julia oh, in that case, no. no. I, she I went was in a bad place, were you about to say? <laughs> no, I went out with actresses quite a lot. And then yeah. it wasn't quite Julia, but within a couple of actresses after Julia, I decided mm. not to go out with actresses anymore. Yeah. More or less stuck to it. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. More or less stuck to it. It's like the when actress- you say, uh, I'm never going to go out with a comedian again. And then, you, <laughs> and then their balls are deep and you go, oh, fuck. Why have I done this? Yeah, yeah, it is like yeah. that. And yeah. Tinker, and I'm never going back to Tinker from no, Love Drew again. But then I always now? he always gets. I think he's died now, but he always yeah. gets me back. Even when he's dead, he always gets me back in there. <laughs> so it's always fun. Um, uh, look, I'll ask a couple of. I'm going to ask you a couple of regular emergency questions, then we'll see where we're at. And I don't want because okay. I know you're going to drive home. I don't want to oh. keep you too long. But I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, good. You know, this has flown by. It's nearly. We've nearly. We've nearly done it. We've nearly oh, done shit. it. Um, oh, what? Who is the most inappropriate? Sorry, they come up as sex all the time. I don't know why that's happening. It must be the tarot. It's like tarot. It's the ghosts. Cards. It's the ghosts. Is uh, who is the most inappropriate person you've ever had a sex dream about? Mine is TV's Emma Kennedy. I had a sex dream with Emma Kennedy, but even in the imaginary dreamscape we were in, I really remembered it. We were like on a bunk bed, climbing around on a bunk bed together, but I was totally unable to uh, get a direction. It was like putting a marshmallow in a letterbox, even in the dream. So even the even the dream, my dreamscape, I couldn't like overcome the natural revulsion I feel for that woman. <laughs> but you've been you've been friends with Emma for like a million years. We though, have, yeah, you? we have, yeah, yeah. We've been together. So. Yeah, my my inappropriate sex dream, and this is horrific. And I, while you were telling your 
story there. I was thinking, I don't know whether I can say or tell you that it was my granddad. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And he was in a bar. Um, and, it's you know, it's those, those, sort of, those dreams where you're like, oh, I don't know whether that was actually real or whether that actually happened. Um, so there was that one. Yeah. But those mm. kind of things happen, you know, and I've read books about this. And also, it came, I, was listening, I was listening to a book about Pliny uh, and there was something about having sex with family members in that and and what it meant if you had sex with your mum in a dream. But I think you're you're under no control of what you're doing in no. in dreams and it's not about what you think it's about. No. So, you know, mm. as disgusting as having sex with Emma Kennedy is, as morally <laughs> repugnant, I, 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 it, I do feel it wasn't, mm. and you should feel the same, it wasn't something yeah. that... You would I rather really have banged your granddad than I would have, like, I would have, you know, I wouldn't yeah. mind I had a dream, uh, a dream once where um, and my mum was studying dreams at the time. Of course she was. Yeah. Um, I had a dream um, that I was chatting to my mum and um, a black stallion trotted up yeah. behind my mum and stood on its back legs and spunked <laughs> all over her and like literally sprayed her from head to foot. And she didn't move and she just moved it. She just flapped yeah. it out of her hair. But yeah. carried on talking. Very like with Father um, Christmas, right? Yeah, very. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Do you know you've, you're unlocking a lot of things I know, for me it's getting tonight? It's getting yeah, there. It's getting but there. I told my mum about the dream, and um, and she said, "Oh, well, write it down, and I'll send it to my friend who's a dream expert." Um, and I did. And um, this uh, it took a couple of months to get a response from the man. And um, I, he more or less sort of said I should be committed. <laughs> so, so he's not wrong, probably. That's not a good dream. Dreams are fucking insane. You're allowed. You're allowed to dream yeah. anything. Well, you're not. You, know, you have no control well, of what you dream. No. But you know, if you really, really went into all your dreams, there's yeah. horrific, there's horrific, horrific. Stuff. I mean, I think you forget most of it. Yeah. There's horrific stuff in there, and it's just your brain trying to get stuff out. I'm going to do one of my cards to you, see if you can guess the uh, crime. If you, okay. you can ask yes or no questions. I'm rubbish at this sort of thing, but let's go. Let's see. Let's see if I can get it straight away and whether you can get it straight away. Some of them are horrible. I just think it's, a, it's called Dark Stories. Keeping yeah. up appearances. Is the, This is the clue. Oh, I don't want to show you the back. That's the picture that's the clue. It's a man on an arm, walking along an arm. The men were only following orders and made themselves the laughing stock of the country. Can't think what that is. Oh, you won't get this. I won't. You're right. No. No, fuck that. Let's w- see what was it? This. It was uh, it was some weird story. Oh. Um, let's see if this is a famous one. I'll try and find a famous one. This is this isn't good. This isn't good podcasting. Oh, no, do, do you want me to sing at this bit? Yeah. La, 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 okay, la. this one. This is this is a good one. Um, nah, this is but this is a this is a very bad. You won't get it, but you can ask me questions. The dream is over. The picture is like a no turning sign, but could be like a that could or be a willy that's had their knob chopped off. It could be a bitten off penis. A great man was pleased that he was so loved. A second later, he turned a corner and was dead. This is very famous. This is a very famous crime. But I oh. don't think I don't think that's a good clue for it at all. Oh, he turned a corner. Yeah. Oh, is somebody it's not that... even really 
true oh. either. It's not really true. And I don't know what the pleased he was loved bit was about. Let me have a look. Oh, it was expressed delight at the enthusiasm that the public displayed. His last words were how happy he was that the public were, were in, loved him. He was oh. in Dallas, Texas. He was near a book depository. JR, he was in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm going to give you that. That's Thank good. you. What, what have you got coming up in well, 2021, presuming that 2021 is going to happen in any shape or form? Well, thank you for asking me that yeah. question, Richard, because I I am doing a podcast myself with the wonderful Sally Ann Hayward. Oh, and it's, great. It's called Spit or Swallow. And uh, <laughs> it's about wine tasting okay. or drinky poos. Okay. And so we've had some brilliant guests so far. And what the, what we do is we invite the guests to uh, tell us what their favourite tipple is. Good um, idea. And then Sally and I will go out and buy that tipple. Great. Um, and then we decide by the end of it whether we will spit it or swallow it. Um, very nice. Sally's really, um, she's very dedicated to the podcast and I've just got shitted. <laughs> so I don't really remember many of the recordings. Uh, I but, think that's, well, you know, that's, well, I have, living with someone who also does a, you know, a drink-based yeah. podcast, it is, and, you know, you sort of, I think when you get drunk, and I get drunk on this sometimes, a little bit drunk and you kind of worry about it, but it's so much fun, I think, listening to people when they're when they're drunk. You know, I, especially yeah. if they're not like, you know, if they're not in the house <laughs> yeah. and you can no. escape and turn it off. It's it's like really, it's really uh, good fun. So that sounds excellent. Is that started? I, I haven't seen we, that. We have recorded uh, seven of them and we right. are releasing them for dry January. Great. Well, that's so, a good, yeah. good call. Good call. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. We'll look out for that. Yes. And do you have New Year's resolutions? Do you, either no, kind of do in? I? Fuck. I gave no. up chocolate two years ago and I've, I've stopped eating chocolate. It's worked. Yeah, but you started eating ice cream instead. Well, <laughs> not instead. I always ate a bit of ice cream. Okay, but... well, well, well done you for sticking to something. <laughs> I'm absolutely not sticking to anything. Thank you. Okay. Good. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> Look, it's been absolutely fantastic uh, to Thank have you, you on. And uh, you. you must come round to my house. We'll do a live recording yes. of you looking for ghosts in my house and we'll put it out. Yes. Special, but you must come round and have a drink with. Oh, I bloody anyway. well will. I bloody. I'm going to Yvette Fielding's house on Thursday. Amazing. To do some ghosty shit. Good. So I'll bloody well <laughs> let you know how that goes. Good, good, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, next week, uh, Alexi Sale is going to be the guest. That's fantastic. We've got Catherine Bohart coming up and uh, Nina Conti is coming up. So lots of fantastic guests. Uh, do check out Twitch of Fun, usually recorded on Thursday nights on this Twitch channel, RK Herring on Twitch. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my amazing guest, Luke Conrad. Thank you very much. Thank See you, you next time, everyone. Goodbye. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Lou Conran. Thank you to Pest for providing this music. Thank you to Chris Evans, not that one who I am indebted to, for all the work he's put into this this year. Everyone at Sky Potato, everyone at GoFasterStrike.com, everyone at ACAS, everyone at The British Comedy Guide, everyone at iTunes. You know who you are, guys. Thank you very much for your help, especially Mark at The British Comedy Guide and Aaron as well we've been putting up this and uh, my other podcasts through the year this is a sky potato fuzz and go faster stripe production 
Head to gofasterstripe.com slash badges to become a monthly badger. All your money will go back to making more content and you get loads of extra interviews and a membership card, secret code, all sorts of stuff, stand-up shows. It never ends. Extra videos. It's wonderful. And it's £3 if you want, £5 if you want, £10 if you want, whatever you want per month. And you get entered into monthly draws. There's a big one coming up at Christmas. Sorry, New Year. Uh, end of year draw plus uh, nine other copies of Pooh Man cards to win for members. So do get involved with that if you can. All right, my fan friends. Have a great 2021 or whatever year you're listening to this. 2140 probably some of you listen to this in. Have a great 2140. What's it like in the future, my fan friends? Is it nice? Oh, the earth is a desolate desert. Oh, sorry about that. That was part of my fault. Bye. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. No, this isn't a podcast about milk. If you like historical intrigue, a bit of culture and a sprinkling of controversy, this one's for you. I'm Rachel Stewart and I'm travelling around Europe following the hidden history of everyday things as they're exported through time and around the world by force, by chance or by choice. No need to pack your bags. Just subscribe to Don't Drink the Milk wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Thank you very much for listening to my podcasts. Listen to some more. Tell your friends about these podcasts. We're in a very competitive market. It would be lovely to keep those downloads coming in. The more downloads we get, the more money we make and the more podcasts we can make for you. It's a beautiful symbiotic relationship. Come and see me on tour at richardherring.com. But otherwise, just, you know, go outside. Enjoy the spring air. It's beautiful out there. I love you all. Goodbye.